yeah, it's been a fun journey. Um, it grows really, really quickly. Um, the biggest thing for me is connecting with the right people at the right time in the right place. Yeah. And if it's for the right reason, then it's a no-brainer for me. Hello and welcome to Trillions. I'm your host, Elise Grace, and today I'm chatting with the founder and CEO of Fitstop, Peter Hull. Pete started personal training clients in his garage. After attending a seminar and investing heavily in his personal development, Pete's group training concept transformed quickly into the Fitstop franchise, which made over $8.5 million in revenue in its first two years. At the time of this interview on the 5th of March 2020, Fitstop had 28 locations open and 85 sold with an average of 180 members per location. Pete is still in his early 30s and attributes much of his success to his routine, team and mentors. Take a listen. Peter, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, my third podcast. So Ever. Take it easy on me, um, but I'm really excited to, I guess, share a bit more about my story and yeah, hopefully it can help some, um, help some people in their growth journey. Awesome. Thank you. So on that note, would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey? I know you've um, come a long way in the last couple of years. So yeah, where did, where did this all start for you with fitness and FitStop? Yeah, I fell in love with, fit, uh, with fitness, I guess, in general, probably... 10 years ago now um, and it was a result of an injury so I, I went through t- two knee reconstructions so ACL replacements and through that process um, I guess I, I learned a lot I learned a lot of what not to do um, but also a lot of how I could be better um, I guess how my f- performance could be better and obviously my recovery so um, really fell in love with fitness through that process had some amazing people around me that really wanted to I guess genuinely support my rehabilitation um, and from that, I fell in love with actually then teaching. So um, I've kind of got a philosophy that first we learn, then we teach. Um, and it started from there. So I started uh, helping out mates, um, training different motocross for athletes, um, BMX guys, um, and just anyone that wanted that next step or that little bit of support. Uh, and then it just started to grow. Yeah, cool. So what were the knee recons from? What, what was the injuries caused by? Uh, both ACL um, uh, reconstructions and it was from motocross so um, not even any crazy accidents just kind of tweaking the wrong way um, tearing the ligament and um, yeah resulted in kind of breaking the top of the tib and fib off as well so first one was a nine month recovery process um, I probably didn't recover properly uh, the second one was a 12 month recovery process and in oh that 12 gosh. months is where I got to connect with great people and I guess learn the recovery process the right way yeah so from from coaching people and helping your mates out uh, how did you how did you grow your gym? I know that you started a gym in your garage. Yep. Um, how did that happen? How did that come about? I guess um, through that process, yes, it was about helping people out, but at the same time, you need to make you know you need to make money. Um, you need to be able to live. Uh, at that stage, I think I was twenty or twenty one. Um, so you still want to do the things that a twenty or twenty one year old does. Yeah. Um, so I started by just doing really small group training or one on one training, um, and it was either out of my parents' garage, um, the local gym, or just out outdoors um, doing hill sprints in uh, in the local streets. Yeah. So you're, the gym that you were coaching at closed down at one point, right? You said you rocked up and there was a sign on the door saying, sorry, we've shut down. Um, so that spurred you on to buy some gear. Is that, is that where the, the home gym started? Yeah, it is. So it went from home gym first into the studio. Um, mm-hmm. That studio closed down. And I guess I've been able to use, I guess, that adversity, if you want to call it that, whether it be the knee reconstruction or the gym closing down to, I guess, work out where I'm going next, make a bit of a plan, um, I guess, go into that problem solving mode. Yeah. And then just, uh, I guess, make it happen. So when that closed down, yeah, it was, uh, I did a, a small time period. I think it was about six months in a big box 24-hour gym. Um, and in that process, 
worked out that I wanted to open my own group training facility. Um, found a found a facility, um, sorted out what equipment I wanted, and just made it happen. Yeah, cool. So. Um with the equipment, you, I, you've told a really cool story in some podcasts that you, you sold your partner's car and, and bought equipment from China. Is that, is that true? Yeah, it is. So um, look, it probably isn't as bad as it sounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in the process of working out how to, to open my own facility, again, I was able to network and connect with the right people. I got a connection that uh, was through uh, that um, they'd bought equipment from China. It was obviously considerably cheaper. Yeah, um, cool. So contacted them, put my list of equipment together. Look, it was... I think the initial order was about that eighteen thousand um, wow. dollars, and at the time, um, you got to do what you got to do. So, somehow convinced uh, my now wife back into selling her car to to help us fund that, um, and it kind of all worked out. That's really cool. That's that's some serious teamwork that you and Beck have got in your partnership and in your in your um relationship, which is yeah. really nice. I think that's important. So, what kind of a role do you think Beck has played in this the now success of Fitstop? Well, so many. Obviously, the first one is that um, that support system. So when you've got someone, I guess, that believes in your madness, um, and she yeah. definitely bought into, I guess, something that um, probably not many people saw at the time, um, that I genuinely was passionate about it. And I guess when I'm passionate about something, I'm going to make it work. So she definitely understood that and um, was on the journey from uh, from very early on. So um, she's definitely been the number one supporter along the way. Um, nice and then has played different roles. So I guess firstly it was that, that um, financially supporting, emotionally supporting, mentally supporting and kind of, you know, I guess keeping me in line when I needed to um, and then kind of letting me run and sprint uh, when I needed to as well. But now she works in the business. So she um, spent 10 years, to, I guess, fine-tuning her craft in recruitment yeah. um, and now works in the business um, and looks after our entire sales process. Um, and I guess it is similar to recruitment in a way that, we don't really sell. We grant people, I guess, the opportunity to come and work with us. Yeah, um, cool. And that's what franchising should be about, uh, making sure that both parties really align. They're on the same, I guess, journey or path um, and they're ready to kind of get in there and make it happen. Yeah, cool. So how many locations have you got now? Uh, 28 open. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're up to uh, 85 in total sold. Wow. Um, so this year is a massive growth year for us and we're on track to open 40 additional locations just this year. That's insane. Yeah. That's cool. Good. Great work. Very fast growth. So um, with all those locations and staff and how many staff have you got now? Uh, we have 13 full time and then yeah. we've got another six um, that are external contracts. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a growing team and it's gone from a team of one, just being myself, um, to now a, a really, really solid team. Um, we've got some amazing people on board that I guess really now are shaping and fine-tuning what we've built. Yeah, and all lots of clients as well, obviously. I think last I read was 3,000 plus. Yeah, so. yeah, I think we've got, um, at the moment, we're sitting at 4,500. Wow. Um, so what that actually means to us is our, our average member number across all our locations is 180 plus. That's great. Um, so that really shows that I guess firstly we've got a lot of lives we're impacting and that's why I set this up in the first place um, but the second part to that is our business model is really proving its success that we can help people own their own fitness business um, and show some sustainability because business is tough and if we can set up businesses to not only impact lives as far as the members but also give that reward to the owners the trainers and the managers along the way then it's happy days for me. Yeah cool. So all this has happened within the space of a few years yeah. for you. So how how did you how do you feel emotionally? And um, a lot of entrepreneurs talk about imposter syndrome. How do you feel going from 
just Peter and, and his, his now wife Beck to having all these staff, all these franchisees to look after and all these lives are impacting in a great way. Well, obviously, you feel a little bit of pressure as well. So what have you done to grow yourself emotionally so you can cope with all of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing was connecting with the right people mm-hmm. um, that were going to come on the journey with you. So um, I think um, definitely as an entrepreneur and someone that's done a startup, sometimes it's hard to... Um, to release some of that control in your business or people talk about you know giving up equity and all that sort of stuff for me it's been more about how can I attract the right people um, that are going to provide me with the education or information so that we can all grow together and then what's it going to look like to take them on board whether it be financially or um, um, or emotionally attached to the business along the way so I guess the first step for me on that was um, Richie and I building out the franchise model Um, so although I had started you know the group training element of it to able to 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 grow and scale a business is a much different beast Mm. so really removing what the magic was in those first couple of locations to then be able to build out a franchise model together and provide I guess the elements of business fitness and passion together um, was really special Mm. Um, and then making sure that the vision really aligned with kind of where we were going and what we were going to do and and who we wanted to take on board through that process so that that initial concept was super exciting Um, and to me I never kind of thought twice about having other people on board um, because it meant bigger picture bigger goals more impact yeah um growing from there was you know the likes of Stu cook coming on board and being our chairman um another introduction from rich so again amazing networks that people just wanted to be a part of the company to help grow it to make a bigger impact and they um they were attracted by i guess the same thing beck was attracted by the the madness that i had um and the passion that i had around fitness and um again creating that overall impact so yeah, it's been a fun journey. Um, it grows really, really quickly. Um, the biggest thing for me is connecting with the right people at the right time in the right place. Yeah. And if it's for the right reason, then it's a no-brainer for me. Um, it's keep sprinting and, and keep enjoying it. So how did you meet Rich? Because there's a lot of people out there who have fantastic ideas um, and they maybe, don't, they maybe doubt themselves or they maybe don't have the network. So how did you go about finding someone like Rich who, who wanted to – did he want to come on board or did you invite him? Like how did you find him? Yeah, it was um, – so originally, so um, starting that first location, selling Beck's car, doing all that stuff, I had 30 members, um, 30 passionate people that you know, wanted to sign up to my group training thing. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of PTs or people starting a business start in that way. Um, what I was missing was that business element and again it was Beck that said hey you really need to educate yourself around how to grow and scale a business Um, let you know you should definitely look to educate yourself in that Um, because I had learnt practically even the fitness stuff um, I wanted to find and find a program that I could have that hands-on approach with someone or with a company Um, so I saw scrolling through Facebook one day as you get um, all those ads that come through the entourage unconvention um, was coming to Brisbane it's run by Jack DeLosa. Um, so I went to that, sat there for two days, listened to some amazing guest speakers, um, one of them being Rich. Uh, and then that Monday morning, um, you kind of put your, uh, you put your information in to, to see if they want to have a call with you and kind of, I guess, offer their platform and their program to you. Um, so I did that and Rich was one that gave me a call. He had um, an incredible fitness background. Um, his journey was very inspirational as well. And we just chatted through what the next steps could look like and what my goals were. Um, he kind of called me out on um, probably wanting to grow too slowly um, and not having a big enough vision. It probably didn't scare me enough. I guess that that whole um, uh, 
making sure you're taking yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, and in that first call, he inspired me to believe in myself a little bit more. So I signed up to the entourage. He personally mentored me through that year. I met some amazing people. Um, but I guess through that year, the most important thing for me was I built a relationship with Rich. Every time I would go to Sydney, um, we would train at, um, I think it was the Ian Thorpe Aquatic Centre or something. We would train together every morning before the entourage would start. So we had a different level of connection and relationship rather than just kind of mentor person standing on stage talking about um, what we needed to learn next. So I guess my learning from all of that, and I've definitely instilled that into our, I guess, company values, is when you're looking to take that next step, find people that truly believe in you um, but are also going to um, elevate you um, to believe in yourself and that's definitely what Richie did and um, I've met some amazing people th- through the journey that have kind of done the same for me as well and we try to do the same for them. It's, it's like what they say, stand on the shoulders of giants or get um, if, you, if you don't believe in yourself enough, find somebody else who instills it in you until you can see it yourself and, yeah. and hopefully you're starting to realise that you're an incredible entrepreneur and you're, you're doing good things and um, yeah, Rich sounds like a great person to have on board for the journey. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of Stuart and, mm. um, and Rich introducing him, how did you know it was, it was the right decision to bring him on board and with, with equity or to be as a board member? How did you know that, that was a good decision? Um, I think, again, probably the leadership from Rich. Um, we've always looked at what does the company need next to get to that next stage? Um, and then I personally do that as well. So for me in my role, I always think, okay, who do I need to be next? And not as, a, not as an internal core values, like I'm not going to change as a person, but mm-hmm. as far as like taking that next step um, is super important and I'm always pre-framing that. So we, um, we had been through the first 12 months of, I guess, franchising. So franchise that started 2017. Mm-hmm. The end of that year, we sat down, analysed the business and we pulled apart, okay, where, where are some of our weaknesses? Um, where are some of the gaps in the business which we know we need to work on? And one of those was Rich or I um, didn't have that expertise or the experience in franchising. He knew Stu Cook, again, through the entourage, um, reached out to Stu. Stu had spent uh, nine years in Zombreros, so had jumped on board very early um, with the founder of Zombreros and gone from yeah. two locations to an international, um, sorry, a global company. I think it ended up being 100 and he took it to 150 locations. Oh, wow. um, you know, a really amazing journey. And, and Stu kind of went on that journey himself, built out his teams, went through all the compliance stuff, went through that international growth. Um, so it was more around that, that introductory call um, you know, would Stu be interested in kind of coming on board and working with us and had a first call with him. I think it went for a couple of hours. Um, we really gelled straight away and that's super important to me. And then um, I flew down to Sydney and we actually drove to Newcastle randomly one, one weekend, um, spent the weekend together with his wife, Sam, as well. Beck came down too. Um, and we just talked about what the future could look like, what scaling a business is like, how hard it's going to be, what we need to focus on. Um, and then from there, it was, again, a no-brainer for us. It was, hey, Stu, how can we have you on board? You know, we'd love to have you. you. You're ready to kind of get back in the trenches and have some fun with us. And, yeah, we kicked off that relationship from there. Oh, that's awesome. So part of that, like what you said, is um, being humble enough, you and Rich, to, to admit that maybe you don't have strengths in that area to bring mm-hmm. someone else in rather than trying to do it all yourself. And so delegation, how important mm-hmm. do you think that is? I mean, well, obviously it's important, but how do you... How do you um, learn to let go and let other people do things that are important to your company but how do you let go well i think there's there's obviously a few techniques involved in doing it so firstly i really think about the big picture what the vision is why we started in the first place Mm -hmm. and when you really map that out um it's quite clear that you can't do it yourself sure um so you absolutely have to get the right people around you 
The second part to that is anytime you're taking someone on to support the dream, you've got to talk about the dream. The conversation always needs to be around where we're going, what we're doing, what values we have, how that aligns, and make sure that it happens on both ends. You can't fake that stuff. And if you start the conversation with that, you can form a connection straight away with someone and you know they're in it for the right reason. So, yeah, we've um, not only from a board level, but this year, well, you know, in the last kind of 12 months, we've grown from a team of two or three to a team of you know, 12, 13 and an extended kind of 18. Part of that process was, um, was hiring a COO, someone that came on board that had been there and had done that, that was really operationally savvy that had that attention to detail we needed because I'm not a details guy. Yeah. Um, and that's when Al Myers joined us and he had done nine years at Jets and a few years before that at some other fitness companies. Wow. Um, and that was probably one of the biggest steps we took. It's taking someone on board that is really going to control the daily operations. That's the, the granular stuff. Mm. Um, so, but again, it was an initial phone call, went through a recruitment process, had an, like had instant connection with why I'm doing what we're doing, why we're doing it for as a company level and kind of what he was looking for for his next step. So yeah, cool. Yeah. It's just getting to know people. It's relationships for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So less of, um, not necessarily the, the money that they can inject. It's more about what they can provide and the relationship and making sure that you guys gel sounds really yeah. important. Yeah. It's always got to be a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, all of this is, um, has been really interesting and, and quite serious. So let's talk about something a little, a little, uh, lower tone, what, what does a day in the life of Peter Hull look like? What, what does your day start with and, and yeah. what do you get up to as a CEO? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a lot different um, to what it has been in the past. Like I've gone from being a PT, waking up at 3.30 every morning, getting home at 8 p.m. at night and doing everything in between, um, trying to grow and scale a business. Um, now I, I'd say routine is everything for me and it's what keeps me really grounded and mm-hmm. I guess stable might be a word. Um, yeah. Beck would tell you some interesting stories about, um, I guess, the the highs and lows of being married to an um, entrepreneur as such. And, you know, yes, a CEO, it comes with a lot of pressure. Um, but a day for me is making sure, um, firstly, I start my day the right way. And that's obviously with a fit stop session. So Beck and I train together every morning at 6am, go to the local fit stop. Our one is Newstead. Um, it's where head office is as well. So we live in Newstead, walk across the road, do a session, come back, have breakfast, um, set my day up. Um, make sure that I'm focused on what the priorities are for the day. So I guess you could call it the white space time. Um, so I spend usually 10 to 15 minutes just kind of mapping that out, making sure I've got a lot of clarity there. Um, head to the office, start about 8 o'clock, quarter past 8 sometimes, just depends. Team gets in about 8.30 and then um, it's setting agendas for the day, making sure I've got all my meetings booked in. The priorities for me at the moment is we've got two really big key projects on the go. Um, and outside of that, it's just being there for the team. I guess I'm a, I'd like to say a, I'm, there, I'm definitely there to serve the team um, and I want to make sure that I'm giving my best self to them every day. So full open door policy. Um, anyone can ask me a question at any time and hopefully we can problem solve it quick enough just to keep the company moving forward. So um, yeah, it's a pretty exciting time. Like I said, two key projects. So at the moment it's a rebrand. So March 31st, we're releasing a new brand look and cool. feel, which is super exciting. Look forward um, to seeing that. Yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be really exciting. It's it's much different to I guess how Fitstop has started, but it's absolutely who Fitstop is now and and what we need to grow into I guess to become a global company. So that's been a eighteen month project in itself. So to see that come to life is gonna be pretty cool. Awesome. And then um, our other big project is we're developing our own app and our own software. So everything from client management, from members management, into challenge portals, into data collection. Um, but my, I guess my bigger vision for our technology is 
how can we make fit, fitness um, fun, rewarding, results driven, um, and how can we, I guess, guarantee that overall feeling? I think fitness should always be about how you feel post-session. Mm-hmm. Um, does it make you feel better every day? And if we can collect data and keep working on our FitStop formula to ensure that happens, then we've got some sustainability in this space. Yeah, that's interesting how you can measure that is, a, is really interesting. Is that what you're working on now? It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people talk about data and data collection. I think at the moment it's more about just getting that data and then it's testing, tracking it, and then it's building algorithms around it to prove it. But I think if you are, I guess, a startup entrepreneur or a business owner or CEO, or if you're not focused on some element of technology, then you're going to be behind the eight ball in a couple of years' time for sure. Yeah. Yeah, one of my mentors says if uh, it's really important to know your numbers, mm. know all of your numbers. So Data doesn't lie. Yeah. Um, so you've got to track data, and that's membership performance. Um, so as far as your stats in your gym, definitely, you've got to track financial um, data as well but you've got to also look at those results that members are getting um, because if we can track prove that then um, yeah we can have some sustainability yeah great for marketing and great for feedback for you guys as well with what you're doing is is working or not yeah for sure yeah I'm not about a fitness fad Um, yeah yeah, we're about making sure that uh, this is actually life-changing yeah awesome awesome so um, Simon Sinek talks about the importance of why like why you do something and it's clear to me that um, Helping people is, is your passion. You're a real people person. I felt very comfortable chatting to you as soon as you arrived today and when we had that first phone call. Um, I've seen you on, on Instagram constantly in the gym supporting new franchisees at their, at their opening days. So what is your why? Obviously, you love people, but what's, what's the specific why, what you do? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's my initial connection with people around them wanting to help, help me do more, be more, learn more just so that I guess I could release my true potential. Um, And for me, it's all about just giving back to that. So our why at FitStop is really inspiring other people in the fitness space or who want to get into the fitness space to really level up, play a bigger game, step into an opportunity for themselves and live a life they never thought possible before. Um, We can achieve that through um, opening new locations with amazing um, franchise partners. We can also do that through our members. When people step into FitStop, we know that we've got progressive training style. Like you did it this morning, right? You're, yeah. you're adding more weight to a barbell. You're, you're running a bit faster. You're doing calories faster every day. I did day. that this morning, actually. I, uh, yeah. I was bench pressing, I think, 20 kilos. And then yep. my partner was doing 40. And then she said, right, three reps at 40, let's go. So I Absolutely. felt really good being able to do that. I had little support, but it, yeah. was, it really made me feel good in the moment that I was able to do that. And, and right there, you just summarized it. That's our why. If we yeah. can help people feel that every single day they're one step closer to to feeling better to feeling more confident in themselves then we're winning yeah yeah that's a great why i love it yeah so um we spoke about how you cope under pressure you um you have your your day quite structured is there a a specific technique you do like a 20 minute meditation some entrepreneurs like or um what is it that you do when you when you're feeling really under pressure um I take walks, um, so it probably sounds weird, but <laughs> we, um, cool. again, we, our office is in Newstead, so there's so many like little blocks around Newstead. It's like a little hub. Um, anytime that I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed because there's a lot going on um, when you're running a company, um, throw headphones on, listen to some good music, take a walk around the block, take the headphones out, take a big deep breath, hands on your head, get back into it. Um, and it, it probably sounds really minor, but that's what works for me and it's not going to work for everyone. Um, but sometimes you just need a bit of you time and then refocus. I think to myself about the impact we're currently making, the good that we're doing. 
um, and then I just get straight back into it. Outside of that, like I said, fitness is is what I do, so um, I'm never going to forget that. And if I don't train in the mornings, then I'm not going to have a uh, you know a productive day. I'm not going to deal with the stress and pressure. Um, the other thing I did so. Beck and I both invest a lot into our personal and professional growth. So, um, you know, the entourage, I've done a number of different PD courses. Uh, we signed up to Tony Robbins University. So we've done three nice. different kind of week blocks with them. Um, last year we did health and wealth and went through a detox for a week um, in Fiji with awesome. them. And at N- Namale, is it? The- yeah, and it was, it was a really big eye-opener for me. At that time I thought I was quite healthy, um, but I'd just gone through a really steep personal growth curve. Um, team coming on board locations opening all that sort of stuff Um, and my body really didn't take well to the detox and learning through that process um, learned that I need to alkalize I need um, I got rid of coffee completely Um, so I I don't drink caffeine Um, I'll drink a bit of tea Um, I love tea now drink a bit of green tea and that sort of stuff but for me it was just remove something out of my life that maybe I was slightly reliant on or wasn't you know really beneficial for my body at that stage yeah um so yeah kicked a few kicked a few habits and um i guess just trying to keep that balance um my biggest one that keeps me sane is probably just having sundays off i've got a really firm rule no work on a sunday unless it's like going and doing some speaking or something um but sundays off and if i can get to the beach i'm a happy boy so anytime i'm out in the sun around water just hanging out with beck it's yeah Yeah, it makes me relax I think it's important because there's a there's a rule that says um, work expands the time we we allow it mm. to with like the time frame that it, we allow ourselves to do the work. Yeah. Um, we take Sundays off as well, and, and we have a habit of going out to the beach or the mountains mm. or just somewhere away from the city. Yeah. Just to get that that physical space, and man, it's it's such a good reset. I don't I don't feel foggy on the Monday. I actually mm. feel fired and ready to go. Some people take a week long holiday and they don't feel so good, but yeah. it's it's so important, and also for connection with your partner. Yeah. Um, you think you're present during the week, but when you work together, you're really not. It's really a work relationship. So yeah, that's definitely. cool to hear that you do that You do that as well. Yeah, it's good. Um, so oh, I was going to ask you what um, – we already spoke about what a day in the life looks like. Um, we'll just track back a little bit to you talking about your franchisees. So um, with the FitStop model, how do you maintain a high-quality – like obviously you're looking to expand globally, but we'll talk yep. about Australia right now. How do yep. you maintain really high quality and consistency with the FitStop model as you franchise? Yeah, I think it's, again, relationship piece. So making sure that you stay true to your values um, and the people that enter into the FitStop family are there for the right reasons. So yeah. um, we don't have a, an investor model. It's an owner-operator. Now that owner-operator um, you know, uh, is going to have some form of external investment to help back them. You know, Business does cost money to get into. Um, but we really look for those passionate people, I guess like I was, that want to take that next step. Yeah. Um, and when they're really bought into the FitStop model, into the FitStop formula, our training, um, they protect it just as much as we do. Um, the thing, I guess, that backs all of that up is our systems. So we have a system for everything. It's obviously, it's a franchise model, just like McDonald's. You know, mm-hmm. McDonald's have, I know we're talking about health and fitness, but, <laughs> um, you know, McDonald's have a system for everything. So the cheeseburger is exactly the same. It's delivered in exactly the same time. It provides discipline um, and I guess that systemization um, that provides that. So, yeah, um, we make sure that everything's built out and everything for us is always built around that member experience. And I think, again, if you deliver everything with the why rather than just do it this way, um, it's really powerful. So we have amazing franchise partners. They're all bought in for the right reasons. They're all here to make a bigger impact and a byproduct of that is financially they're really rewarded for that as well. Mm. 
So how does somebody go about buying in? So do you have like a waiting list? Uh, obviously, you'd have a lot of PTs keen to, to take it to the next level. How do you um, bring about the right people and, and what's that process like? Yeah, for somebody, sure. Um, somebody listening is interested in, in jumping on board FitStop. How do they do it? Yeah, so they'll, they'll go through a process. So, so we, we market, we do PR. Um, you know, we want to talk about why we do what we do as much as possible. It attracts, hopefully, the right people. Um, they jump onto our website, so fitstop.com. Um, they click on franchising and they um, opt in to get more information. When they throw their details in there, they're going to get sent out a welcome pack and it's going to talk through exactly what the business model looks like gives a nice solid overview so they can i guess make that decision do they want to have a call with us now that next step is having a call with beck um so books into the calendar she has a call and the first thing that she's going to ask is why are you interested in us Mm. um we don't go and sell the dream we don't go and talk about how much money you're going to make we want to know why you're interested um if that aligns with sure we then start to get into the detail around you know how much money we're going to have to try to find to fund the dream um, we'll absolutely talk you through all of that process. Um, but if you haven't tried a fit stop yet and you're listening to this and you're interested, you have to try a fit stop session. Um, we need to really understand why you, why you're interested in fit stop and why you're interested in the health and fitness space. Um, and the rest we are, we'll go through the process. Yeah. And Beck looks after that. That's really cool with her recruitment background. Yeah, she does. And, um, and obviously she understands and knows the, the journey from the start. So, um, you know, I guess in, in many ways, we're really protective over, um, you know, what's been built out, who we are as a family. And it's, it's not protective in a way of it's, you know, this is our, our business. It's protecting all of our franchise partners because we know that if we have the right people that are bought in for the right reasons, um, the brand equity stays really strong, the messaging stays strong. Um, you know, if we don't have that, it doesn't just affect the brand, it affects every person that's bought into it. So franchise partner, member, member experience, their family. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot to think about when you're going through the process. Yeah, of course. Oh, that's cool. So what about yourself with um, rewards? So um, obviously businesses make money and mm. uh, you, you are in a growth phase at the moment. Um, what do you do to reward yourself? I, I was chatting to... Uh, our boss fell out on Tuesday about what he's done. Obviously, he's 10 years down the track, but yeah. he loves supercars, so he yeah, buys yeah. supercars. Um, what, what do you guys do to reward yourselves along the way? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not at the supercar stage. Um, <laughs> Celebrate your wins. Yeah. Um, look, for me, it's it's definitely been travel. Uh, and again, this is probably more led from Beck. She loves travel, um, but has, it's really inspired me to to want to see the world and experience life. So yeah. I don't. I guess I don't want to get you know, five, ten years down the track and look back and go, oh, I'm proud because we worked really hard and we built an empire. I want to look back and go, remember these amazing experiences we've had. And sure, a big part of that is business, but it's also been in the, I guess, the position to take a couple of weeks off here and there. So every quarter, we would take some form of downtime to experience life. That's my biggest reward. Outside of that, it's ticking off some big bucket list items. And for us this year, it was um, either buying or building a house. Um, two weeks, uh, last week, we... Actually, yeah, last week we, um, no, this Monday, sorry, <laughs> time flies. Um, on Monday, we just settled on a block and we're about to build a really amazing house um, in Brisbane. Congrats. Um, cool. so, yeah, thank you. And, and it's about kind of really focusing on those bigger goals for us, ticking them off, being really proud of it, reflecting on it, and then kind of just getting on with it. Yeah. Yeah, because you love what you do, so that's important. Yeah, for sure. So uh, also, how do you like to invest your, invest your money? Is it, is it um, obviously building a house now and, mm. and what will you look to do with uh, investing? Yeah, we've got, we've got um, one investment property already. Um, this will be our second. We're going to live in this one. Um, but my number one thing, again, sounds cliche, but 
is always been investing in myself. Um, so who do I need to become next? How do I need to get there? What kind of money am I going to have to spend to make it happen? Um, and then secondly from that is I'm a really big believer my best investment, other than myself, is going to be the business. It's what I can control. Yeah. So right now, you know, I'm kind of all in on FitStop, what I absolutely believe in. I back myself for it. Um, and I know that I can control every single element and outcome from it. So, yeah, I'm not, a, I guess, a big uh, – I'm not diversifying um, – the wealth creation as we go um but i guess that probably also gives reassurance to everyone else around me joining the fit stop journey that uh you know i'm 100 percent committed to it all in on fit stop yeah, yeah yeah and the property stuff is you know i guess that's a bit more of a personal play and it's it's just something kind of nice to have and again that um that reward along the way yeah. but yeah fit stops uh fit stops my life yeah cool and um you spoke about personal growth i, I i'm a high believer in personal growth as well um for me, it's, I find it's, it's interesting looking back and seeing the growth, but when you're in the moment and you go to these seminars or these week-long events, it, it's, it's a little hard to see the growth. So do you, do you have a method for measuring personal growth? Um, my team will say I use the word journey a lot. Okay. Um, I'm, a big per, I'm a big one on reflection. So um, I'll always make sure I keep printout, um, have it in a, either a, a book or a folder, photos that I've experienced along the way. Nice. Um, I've, I've learned to slow things down a little bit and try to reflect in the moment and go, oh, am I going to want to remember this for later on? And that's been, um, you know, obviously there's key milestones like your wedding day and all that sort of stuff. But the little things along the way, you know, we did a capital raise um, last year and had some really big meetings um, with people I never thought possible. Um, so even little things like going into that meeting, taking a little selfie or whoever I was with at the time and saving it into a folder, um, then just reflecting back on that. So I kind of, you know, will whip open a, a book and look back at 10 photos and be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Or oh, I've really grown from here to here. Or, you know, this is a skill set I now have that I never had before. So yeah, I'm all about the journey. I'm all about reflection and um, I use photos for that. You physically print them out and put them in a book? Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I love, I think I'm going to adopt that. That's yeah. really awesome. Our locations are all numbered as well. Um, we do location singlets um, with the number on it. Cool. And so I keep all those singlets as well. So wow. got a cupboard full of singlets. Um, we'll keep doing that. And uh, yeah, I've got a book full of photos. That's cool. You can physically see the, the impact you're making with the singlets. Makes it really rewarding. Once the, yeah. your wardrobe's <laughs> yeah. full of singlets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. We'll need a warehouse one day. Yeah. So uh, what's, a, what's a question you have for me, Peter? I mean, I thought I'd flip the interview yeah, for one that. question. What's a question you've got for me? Mine, uh, my number one question anytime I meet anyone is what's your why and what's the journey been like for you? Okay, I'll start with number, number one question. What's yep. my why? It's to live by example. So I, uh, both questions tie in. So my mm -hmm. journey has been um, rock bottom like yourself where I've, I've been on the bones of my ass and I've uh, sold roses in the valley to, to pay my rent and um, slept in my car and all kinds of things. So um, that's been part of my journey. Obviously, it's a lot more than that. Um, I grew up with a single mom and, and seeing her work really hard and, and just scratch the surface. I, I don't, I'd like to provide a different lifestyle for my kids and, and my grandkids and, and I'd like to be that figurehead of our family who was the, uh, the turning point. And also um, by living that and, and physically doing that, that journey, I believe that, um, and by writing the book and, and obviously podcasting and things like that, I can show people all around the world and, and impact millions, hopefully billions of lives yeah. by living by example and creating um, businesses that serve many, many people. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. So it's, it's nerve-wracking, but it's, yeah. it's really exciting. So that's my, 
my vision. Absolutely. And very rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, my question to you is, what's the legacy you want to leave after you're gone? So um, once, uh, you know, you've built FitStop up to a, mm-hmm. a global business, what's the legacy you want to leave? Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely tying into our why already. And it's, I want to build a really sustainable fitness business um, that genuinely makes an impact to people's lives. So if um, if we can make sure people are feeling better every day, um, then that's that's uh, that's my life legacy, I guess. Yeah. So the, the members and also the franchisees that you've given the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's um, it has to work for everyone, um, and I think our model definitely provides for that. So. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the on the podcast, Peter. I really love what your your vision is and how strongly you feel about Fitstopper. Uh, I certainly enjoyed my workout this morning, and I can tell you guys have got a really really cool solid team. So I wish you all the best with the the uh, expansion and. Hopefully we'll chat soon. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being on. Thanks for tuning in with me as your host, Elise Grace. Do me a favor and drop me a review on iTunes or if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. would love to know what you guys think of the podcast. It helps me keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with all my movements, please check me out on social media at Elise Grace.